Section 77 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle. Chapter 24, verses 15 to 28. Prophecy continued about miseries to come at the first and second sieges of Jerusalem. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Matthew, chapter 24, verses 15 to 28. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give such in those days. But pray ye that your flight may not be in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, Believe it not, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall shew great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles gather together. One main subject of this part of our Lord's prophecy is the taking of Jerusalem by the Romans. That great event took place about forty years after the words we have now read were spoken. A full account of it is to be found in the writings of the historian Josephus. Those writings are the very best comment on our Lord's words. They are striking proof of the accuracy of every tittle of his predictions. Footnote. These are the words of Josephus. They are the more remarkable when we remember that he was not a Christian. Quote, no other city ever suffered such things. All the calamities which have ever happened to any from the beginning seem not comparable to those which befell the Jews. End quote. End of footnote. The horrors and miseries which the Jews endured throughout the siege of their city exceeded anything on record. It was truly a time of tribulation, such as was not seen since the beginning of the world. It surprises some to find so much importance attached to this taking of Jerusalem. They would rather regard the whole chapter as unfulfilled such persons forget that Jerusalem and the temple were the heart of the old Jewish dispensation. When they were destroyed, the old Mosaic system came to an end. The daily sacrifice, the yearly feasts, the altar, the holy of holies, the priesthood, were all essential parts of revealed religion till Christ came, but no longer. When he died upon the cross, their work was done. They were dead, and it only remained that they should be buried. But it was not fitting that this thing should be done quietly. 
the end of a dispensation given with so much solemnity at mount zion might well be expected to be marked with peculiar solemnity the destruction of the holy temple where so many old saints had seen shadows of good things to come might well be expected to form the subject of prophecy and so it was the lord jesus specially predicts the desolation of the holy place the great high priest describes the end of the dispensation which had been a schoolmaster to bring men to himself but we must not suppose that this part of our lord's prophecy is exhausted by the first taking of jerusalem it is more than probable that our lord's words have a further and deeper application still it is more than probable that they apply to a second siege of jerusalem which is yet to take place when israel has returned to their own land and to a second tribulation on the inhabitants thereof which shall only be stopped by the advent of our lord jesus christ such a view of this passage may sound startling to some footnote i think it well to say that Arrhenius and Hilary among the fathers, and Ferris in the sixteenth century, all refer the fulfillment of this part of our Lord's prophecy to the end of the world, when a personal Antichrist shall appear. Hilary considers that the verse which speaks of the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place will be fulfilled by the rise of a mighty personal Antichrist, who shall be worshipped by infidels. In connection with this verse, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, deserves attentive study and a footnote but those who doubt its correctness would do well to study the last chapter of the prophet zechariah and the last chapter of daniel these two chapters contain solemn things they throw great light on the verses we are now reading and their connection with the verses which immediately follow it now remains for us to consider the lessons which this passage contains for our own personal edification these lessons are plain and unmistakable. In them, at least, there is no darkness at all. For one thing, we see that flight from danger may sometimes be the positive duty of a Christian. Our Lord himself commanded his people under certain circumstances to flee. The servant of Christ undoubtedly is not to be a coward. He is to confess his master before men. He is to be willing to die, if needful, for the truth. But the servant of Christ is not required to run into danger, unless it comes in the line of duty. He is not to be ashamed to use reasonable means to provide for his personal safety, when no good is to be done by dying at his post. There is deep wisdom in this lesson. The true martyrs are not always those who court death, and are in a hurry to be beheaded or burned. There are times when it shows more grace to be quiet, and wait, and pray, and watch for opportunities, than to defy our adversaries and rush into the battle. May we have the wisdom to know how to act in time of persecution. It is possible to be rash, as well as to be a coward, and to stop our own usefulness by being over-hot, as well as by being over-cold. We see, for another thing, that in delivering this prophecy our Lord makes special mention of the Sabbath, Pray ye, says he, that your flight be not on the Sabbath day. This is a fact that deserves special notice. We live in times when the obligation of the Sabbath upon Christians is frequently denied by good men. They tell us that it is no more binding on us than the ceremonial law. It is difficult to see how such a view can be reconciled with our Lord's words on this solemn occasion. 
he seems intentionally to mention the sabbath when he is foretelling the final destruction of the temple and the mosaic ceremonies as if to mark the day with honor he seems to hint that although his people would be absolved from the yoke of sacrifices and ordinances there would yet remain the keeping of a sabbath for them hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 the friends of a holy sunday ought carefully to remember this text it is one which will bear much weight we see for another thing that god's elect are always special objects of god's care twice in this passage our lord mentions them for the elect's sake the days of tribulation are to be shortened it will not be possible to deceive the elect those whom god has chosen to salvation by christ are those whom god specially loves in this world they are the jewels among mankind he cares more for them than for kings on their thrones if kings are not converted he hears their prayers he orders all the events of nations and the issues of wars for their good and their sanctification he keeps them by his spirit he allows neither man nor devil to pluck them out of his hand whatever tribulation comes on the world god's elect are safe may we never rest till we know that we are of this blessed number there breathes not the man or woman who can prove that he is not one the promises of the gospel are open to all may we give diligence to make our calling and election sure god's elect are a people who cry unto him day and night when paul saw the faith and hope and love of the thessalonians then he knew their election of god first thessalonians chapter one verse four luke chapter eighteen verse seven finally we see from these verses that whenever the second advent of christ takes place it will be a very sudden event it will be as the lightning coming out of the east and shining even to the west this is a practical truth that we should ever keep before our minds that our lord jesus will come again in person to this world we know from scripture that he will come in a time of great tribulation we also know but the precise period the year the month the day the hour are all hidden things we only know that it will be a very sudden event our plain duty then is to live always prepared for his return let us walk by faith and not by sight let us believe in christ serve christ follow christ and love christ so living whenever christ may return we shall be ready to meet him end of section seventy seven